0: Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin. We are your co-hosts, Bridget
1: and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression
0: tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of others who do as well. By sharing stories of lived experiences, we expose depression for the lying bully it is. Hello, Bridget. Hello, Terry. It's an annual media tradition. The Year in Review, magazines, newspapers, and TV news compile the highlights and the lowlights from the past 12 months and put them together in an often spectacular presentation that includes sports highlights, theater and movie blockbusters, national and global challenges and accomplishments. They can be fun to watch or read. But this year,
1: the reviews, like just about every other aspect of our lives, will be different, less varied less rich, and dominated by the COVID pandemic, more visible national divisiveness, social justice protests, and a strange and still-challenged presidential
0: election. From a mental health perspective, 2020 has been, in a word, challenging. In two words, uniquely challenging. We've invited licensed psychologist Dr. R. Kwaku Smith to look back on this extraordinary year with us to help us unpack it process it, and better care for ourselves in its wake. Here now is Dr. Smith giving his voice to depression. Quaker reminisces that
1: 2020 began with all the excitement and potential that new decades bring.
2: I think 2020 had a different connotation because when we look at that, you know, it's like 2020 vision. I can see correctly the things I want to see is ahead of me. So you had a lot of people who wanted a fresh start. You know, we think about the, the New Year's resolutions and what 2020 was hoping to bring. And you could see just a level of excitement entering to a new decade. And it started off in that manner. Um, and I think you saw people um, with the excitement uh, going on life that we knew it as normal.
1: But some very abnormal things were starting to happen across the globe.
2: We saw what was going on in Wuhan. And we saw it and it was like, wow, this is, this is difficult to hear. Uh, but not thinking that it would touch us in that same way. And then when it got to Italy, I remember when they shut Italy down, I remember people saying, wow, how do you shut a country down? Like, it was implausible. it's impossible to even think about. And... As those things were going on and it started to inch closer to America and those things became a reality, I think uh, the shock was um, very, very uh, difficult. And so you put people in a lot of precarious positions because all of a sudden, um, most people are creatures of habit. You know, we're we're used to daily routines. And our routines, even though we saw it happen across, we still thought we would be immune to it, uh, no pun intended.
1: One of 2020's undeniable lessons is that we are all connected and that our choices and very breath impact others.
2: The pandemic exposed us in a lot of ways what we thought was a strong economy, we realized was not really a strong economy for all. We started to recognize that the average person was really a modern day sharecropper because once they started to miss one check, once they started to miss two checks, we started to see people who normally were the givers now need to be in line for uh, government stimulus checks to be able to pay their bills, to be able to put food on their table. We saw uh, parents who were now uh, used to sending their children off to school have to become um, not so much babysitters, caretakers um, pseudo-extension of the education system while getting them ready in a virtual world. We saw people now having to learn specifically in a technology uh, generation where some people uh, did not feel as comfortable with that, had to become a lot more acquainted uh, with the technology world, specifically the virtual world. And so we look at that and now we start to see people deal with a lot of issues.
1: Change is hard. We've all heard that and agreed to varying degrees at various times. But pretty much everything changing quickly, dramatically, and for a long time? Well, that was a new one. A collective trauma, as mental health professionals are calling it.
2: People can deal with that for a week. They can deal with it for a few weeks. But once it starts to add on, now it becomes extremely stressful and you start to look for different outs. And so now what would people do because of the pandemic and not being able to go out, oftentimes uh people weren't able to get to some of the things that they regularly could go to as far as doctor's office visits, psychological visits, or to the gym, other things that was natural stress relievers, and we saw a deterioration in a lot of people's mental health. And then you add on the component of what happened with George Floyd. And that was on the back heels of already of Brianna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey. But now that George Floyd was so egregious, you started to go from a pandemic to a syndemic. And a syndemic is basically just a synergistic epidemic where you have multiple epidemics going on at one time. But within these clusters, there's um, these, these biological ramifications that come. And they exacerbate the prognosis of the things that were already going on that was already evil.
1: Multiple epidemics going on at once. No wonder we're feeling so depleted. Kwaku says in an overwhelming environment, we're likely to respond in one of three ways.
2: We can tread water and just barely maintain. We could be an example and be an extraordinary example by going above and beyond saying, hey, I thrive in this type of madness. In fact, this brings out my creative juices. I see a problem and I solve it. Unfortunately, that's not the great majority of people. So the majority of people will tread, but unfortunately, another large majority of people will start to sink. And you see it in an emotional sink. You see it in a financial sink. You see it in just um, a a devastation within our community. We're seeing a a high use of alcohol. We're seeing um, a high use of domestic violence, of sexual abuse. We're starting to see a lot of type of chaos and anarchy. And you put in the divisiveness of a country, because of all of the things that's been so politicized and made people divisive and take sides, now you have the midst of a storm and you don't even have unity. And all of those things are what breeds for emotional and mental health deterioration.
1: We could go on. And with the amount of challenge 2020 piled on, oh, we could go on forever. But our focus, as always, is on how we maintain and protect our mental health or how we get back to it if we're among the many who sunk from multi-level tsunami of the past 10 months.
2: One, it starts with the the attitude. Say, I I do want to do this, I do want to get help. And so um, in doing that, sometimes people think they have to do it alone. And the biggest thing is how do I reach out and tell somebody, you know what, I'm struggling. Because in a society where we're forced to wear masks to state that we're okay when we're not, uh, to be able to lie about our circumstances and situations, uh, that helps to create the sinkhole for depression. And so the first thing what I tell people is we have to just be honest with where we're at and say, you know what, I'm not okay. And it's okay not to be okay.
1: Okay to not be okay. But it's an unhealthy and potentially dangerous choice to unpack and stay there.
2: The thing is, what do we do to get back? And so what I tell everybody is, and this is the idiosyncratic approach, when was the last time that you were happy? What were those things that made you happy that you learned to do? And so you say, okay, let me go back to that. And then in addition, you say, what are some other things that people are doing? And so the three basic things, what we tell people um, in any phase, if you want to get back to just a block, what you need to do better is this. Let's look at our diet. And our diet is not just what we eat. But it's also like those negative things we consume that we should not put into our bodies. And then on top of that is also what do we hear? What do we listen to? What do we read? Who are we talking to? So when we talk about a physical diet, we also talk about a mental diet. We talk about exercise. What are those things we're doing to keep our body in motion to create those uh, neurotransmitters that help us to create those feel-good emotions? And then the last is having proper sleep.
1: And Kwaku reminds, we do not have to go it alone.
2: How do we go about gathering support? Whether it's gathering support from uh, a licensed uh, clinician, whether it's gathering support from uh, a small group of friends and family, somebody who can be an accountability partner, somebody to help you with it.
1: The challenge, he says, is to do something to change the direction we're headed. If we realize that it's leading or keeping us somewhere unhealthy.
2: But this is the one thing, and and this is the the kind of harsh reality of it. It sometimes sounds hard. There's a scripture, uh, uh, ancient Eastern philosophy in the book of Ching, And it says, if you are too weak to overcome habits that are obviously bad for you, then indeed your future is bleak. And we don't say that to put any pressure on a person like, oh, you're too weak to do this. What we're saying is this. If you know the things you need to do, but you are not willing to change those things, well, then we know what the future is. So if you have some willpower and you're just being a little unfocused, a little undisciplined, there I say even lazy. I say, "Hey, let's step it up." Now, this is something that I'm going to call upon you.
1: And if we have tried the things we know
2: or have the energy to try? Well, then the first thing is to hey, admit that let people who know you love you and come around you. And what I have found is this, and this is not just uh, for me being a licensed psychologist, but this is for me as a person who, as a human, who has achieved some of the greatest highs but has also experienced some of the greatest lows. And what I always recognize is that the greatest weapon, that the greatest remedy, that the greatest medicine is love. And when you start to surround yourself with love, that has a healing, regenerative power that gets you to move just small, slowly in inches, So oftentimes when a person is saying, I'm feeling down, we want to get back to where we were at tomorrow. Well, guess what? That's probably not going to happen like that. We have to recognize it's a journey. It's a track. But guess what? If I continue with it, if I stay disciplined, if I do the little things, if I keep people around me and I keep those other agencies around me that can help be like a part of the puzzle to, to complete that picture that I need to see for total holistic health, then that's how I start to do it. Most importantly,
1: and we understand how hard this can be when depression is eroding you from the inside, but please don't give up hope. Find any ember that still burns within you and consciously
2: stoke it. The biggest thing what everyone needs to hear that suffering with depression is that there is hope that there is hope around you. And you say, well, where is that help? What can I do? You know, sometimes you say, I'm I'm feeling bad and I don't have anybody in the house. That's it. I'm I'm suffering from loneliness. Sometimes people have to realize there's people out there who love them that they never met, that they don't know. Because sometimes we can get into a funk where we say nobody loves me, no one cares about me. But I can guarantee everybody on this line that there is somebody out there who loves you, who cares about you, who wants you, who needs you who wants you to succeed, who wants to be able to help you.
1: You know how when you go to the grocery store hungry, you tend to buy more? I kept thinking of that during this conversation, because so many of us are hungry for some kindness, some reassurance, some authenticity and comfort. Fortunately, despite the fact he was recovering from COVID, Kwaku
2: had plenty to share. And I think sometimes in the midst of depression, uh, the questions become you know, why me? Why is this happening to me? What's going on with me? What's wrong with me? And the answer is nothing wrong. It's normal for everybody to be feeling depressed at this time. And if you already had levels of depression before, of course, it's going to be exacerbated now. So don't beat yourself up.
1: Next, we asked Dr. Smith about his own daily practices. What tools he pulls from his mental health toolbox when things are hard like they are right now. And he said
2: he's a big fan of journaling and so when i journal i like to start what i what i call morning meditations and my morning meditations is i'm intentional about my day how am i going to improve my mind how am i going to improve my body how am i going to improve my spirit what am i going to do for my family what am i going to do for my community what's a random act the kindness that i have out and then at the end of his day I like to evaluate myself with a nightly reflection and say, how well did I do what I say I was going to do? And you know why I do that? Because now I'm being intentional about my day. I'm not letting the day happen to me. I'm taking control. And when I take control, I can see the things I did good. And when things go good, guess what? I have a recipe. I have a formula. But if things didn't go the way that I planned, then I ask myself why. And now I can dissect what are the things I need to do better. Was this a legitimate reason why I wasn't able to do it? Or was this an excuse and I just need to step it up? up a little bit more. And so it goes into that same level of our self-introspection. And I think when we can have honest self-introspection, that's when we can have that type of enlightenment that leads us to not only to the road of recovery, but to the road of self-optimization.
1: It's a very conscious way to live. And journaling may or may not be a good fit for you. Like every other tool mentioned by our guests, it's offered as their endorsed suggestion.
2: Yeah, every day is a different day and there's a scripture says that there's um, a sea of forgetfulness and even if a person is not spiritual in that standpoint i love the concept of that thought because it's saying you know what i'm going to forgive myself i'm not going to hold myself captive to the to the failures of the past i'm not going to let what happened yesterday um even if it was something of my own doing limit me from what i'm doing today or tomorrow i'm going to forgive myself i'm going to start afresh i'm going to start anew and do my best and when you do your best there's no one who can ever ask more of you than from that.
0: Stoking the embers of hope within. Wow. I had a, a pretty profound uh, metaphor this week. I purchased um, a stick, Terry, that you blow air through one end to assist in stoking your fire in your fireplace and it brings me back to last week's episode you know how important breath and oxygen and intention is and if you recall we were asked to take three deep breaths and blow through an imaginary straw yeah and I just have to say over and over again I have done that in this past week when I felt anxiety coming up or distress of any sort it works it does work. Yeah, I've been
1: doing it more too. It was a really good reminder. And so is this. And I'm going to just reread a line that Kwaku said because I read it probably four times after he said it and I transcribed it. It said, uh, you know, you ask yourself questions. Why me? Why is this happening to me? What's going on with me? What's wrong with me? And the answer is nothing. It's normal for everyone to be feeling depressed at this time. And if you already had levels of depression before, well, of course it's going to be exacerbated now. So don't beat yourself up.
0: We're going to take a couple of weeks off to regroup and start research and interviews for our 16th season, which will start in 2021, which is the first time I've said that, (laughs) 2021, a year that we sincerely hope is going to be much, much better for every one of us. Until then, please take care of yourselves and each other and find any joy that you can in the holidays. We'll see you next year.
1: And stay connected with us on Facebook at Giving Voice to Depression on Twitter at Voice Depression or on Instagram at the Giving Voice to Depression podcast. That way we can all stay in touch during this break.
0: And thank you so much for being a part of our 2020.